0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Addiction Treatments That Work. I'm your host, Kenneth Anderson. Tonight, our guest is uh, Rachel Black. We're waiting for her to call in. If she doesn't call in within a minute or two, I'm going to cancel the show and try and reschedule this. Um, let me do a little blurb for our website and our book. Our website is hamsnetwork.org. We are free of charge, lay led support group for people who want to make any positive change in their drinking habits, from safer drinking to reduced drinking to quitting all together. Our book is called How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to Alcohol. It's available from Amazon. For more information, go to hamsnetwork.org slash book. Well, it looks like our guest is having some difficulty. Oops, there she is right now. Hello, are you there?
0: Hello, Kenneth.
1: Hello, Rachel. How are you doing?
0: Hi, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I'm glad you made it in. I was just about to cancel off the show, but since I'm glad you made it. So, uh, well tell us a little bit about your book. Your book is called Sober Is the New Black. Um gotcha. and tell us about your book. Why did you decide to stop drinking?
0: Um, I started writing uh, not with the intention of writing a book. I'm not a writer. Um, When I first started to stop drinking, lots of people told me that writing was quite therapeutic and that I would suddenly find I had a lot to write about. Um, And that was true. It was almost as if um, when my brain was now no longer under a blanket of alcohol, Um, it suddenly woke up and it was almost as if, you know, all my years of memories suddenly came flooding back. And um, it it still happens. The the longer that I've uh, not drank alcohol for, the more kind of I see and think and have ideas. um, It's just amazing. And in the early days, I think it's quite overwhelming. And by writing it all down, um, it's quite helpful. The other main point for writing it down was to remember how I felt in those early days and to remember how bad I felt about drinking and about myself and to serve as a reminder to me really about all the reasons I didn't want to go back to that place. Well,
1: it's certainly true when people make a major change in their drinking, whether they make a major reduction or they quit completely, they definitely get access to their brain again. And, you know, your brain really starts working again, and that's a really good thing. Um, it can be difficult, too. I mean, it can be some challenges, but it's a good thing overall, I'd say. So
0: yeah, tell me. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, of course, it is a good thing. It just shows you how when you're drinking, you don't achieve nearly um, any part of the potential that you can.
1: Now, uh, tell me, why did you decide to quit completely instead of to go for moderation?
0: Yeah, um, well, if I could moderate, then I would. That would have been my ideal. And... um, as soon as I realized, you know, I, I was drinking too much, I was, the bottle was emptying more quickly in the night and a, a bottle wasn't lasting two days anymore, um, I decided to try and moderate. Um, and I spent probably about two and a half years trying to moderate. Um, and in that time, um, I had several rules um, and I kept changing my rules. My rules would be drink on these nights, drink on these occasions only, drink this many times per month, Um, or you have to give up completely, was the deal that I made with myself, thinking that I so did not want to give up completely that I would manage to keep my end of the bargain with myself. Um, And when I never managed to keep my end of the bargain, you know, and my hangovers got worse and worse, um, and I was, you know, sick and tired of failing and making the same mistake over and over again... I just thought I have to stop and um, now um, I feel like I need to keep reminding myself that I was not able to moderate and if I go back now, I will sooner or later end up with the same problem back again. It might not be tonight or tomorrow night, but it will happen.
1: Well, you know, the research shows about half of people with uh, alcohol dependence will solve their problem by quitting completely and about half by uh, cutting back. So I always view it as a very individual choice and people have to choose what works best for them. So uh, we always want to be totally supportive of, you know, the person's individual choice and what works best for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And as I said, Um, If I could have moderated, that would have been perfect for me because I still do miss um, the the perception I have that it is enjoyable to have one or two drinks. Um, The first and second drinks are enjoyable, and I do miss that part. Um, But I just feel from my own track record that by the time I've had the second drink, Um, I'm no longer the one making the decisions about what will happen for the rest of the evening. Um, The drink is making those decisions. Um, And from where I am just now, I'm too scared to risk going back um, to try a drink again, to try to see if I could moderate it. I think um, whatever it could give me, it would not be worth um, the risk that I may just end up back to where I was, I really felt that when I was counting my sober days, going from day zero to day one um, was always the hardest time. Um, The time I stopped was the third time I had made a good effort to stop. And um, the feeling, it was really a big effort to make day zero of a hangover turn into day one where the hangover's gone, but actively choosing not to go back to drinking.
1: So, were you a daily drinker?
0: Um, I used to drink maybe um, five evenings of the week.
1: Okay, so almost a daily drinker. Yeah. Okay. And how did you quit? Did you go to AA before you quit? Or uh, tell me about how you quit.
0: Yeah, I um, had been at a conference previously where I had heard um, uh well, an alcoholic in recovery, um, who was a doctor, and he had um, almost lost everything. And in his part of his recovery, which had begun about 30 years previously, he had set up an organization um, in the United Kingdom um, for people um, who had this. It it wasn't AA, but it did um, encompass a lot of their... um, beliefs and ways and it is based on the 12 steps. Um, I had his details um, in case there was any people at work that I was in charge of that I felt I ever needed to refer to him um, and I really thought, you know, I'm going to discuss it with him uh, myself. And um, So that was my first um, active um, it's the first active thing I did uh to try and stop and, and really I hope that by phoning him and discussing my worries that I was drinking more, I was drinking too much and I couldn't control it, I was really hoping that he would say, No, don't worry, no that's not too bad, no you're overreacting. Um, but he didn't. He just um you know, he said, You would never have got as far as phoning me if you didn't have a problem. Um And, you know, he asked me things um, that I was quite stunned by. He asked me if I'd ever driven drunk, if I had ever been drunk at work, if I had ever been drunk and unable to look after my children. Um, And he asked these like, these were all normal, expected things that he expected to hear. Um, That conversation really confirmed to me that I did have a problem. That was somebody that I didn't know Um, who could tell from my patterns um, that I I did have a problem. And in his experience, the nature of problem drinking was that it would be progressive. And while right now I hadn't lost anything of huge value to myself, um, that inevitably I would, and I would go on to to lose um, perhaps my job or relations with my family or other things of value in my life if I didn't address it.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so that's how you made the decision to stop. So how did you implement the decision to stop? How did you go about stopping?
0: Um, I went about stopping just by um, thinking to myself that failure was not an option. Um, I knew it was going to be hard, and I thought um, each time that I'm going to think I want a glass of wine, um, one of my strategies was that... um, I won't have it today, but tomorrow, if I still really want it, I can have it tomorrow. Um, and then I used that a lot, and obviously when the next day came, I woke up and I had a whole load of benefits then from waking up and being in a better mood, feeling bright, feeling energetic and you know, positive about life where I would think, okay, I must remember this feeling that when it gets to 5 p.m. tonight, I must remember how good I felt this morning and aim to feel this way again tomorrow morning.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, in in the book, you talk a little bit about going to Alcoholics Anonymous. You didn't go to Alcoholics Anonymous until after you had already stopped. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I went, um, I think the first time I went was when I had stopped for about seven weeks.
1: Mhm. And what did you think of it?
0: Um, I had some mixed feelings about it, um, really. And, I mean, my overwhelming feeling now is one of disappointment, because I went thinking that, you know, I was just about managing um, to stay um, away from wine. Um, but I could see that if times got difficult or I had a stressor in my life or a trigger in my life, that I may not be so good. And I went there really to try and um, action some form of um, support for myself um, before I really needed it. Um, I also wanted to meet some sober friends um, and have people that I didn't really have to worry about why I wasn't drinking what I was going to tell them, how I was going to tell them, should I tell them. Um, So I went to a few meetings and I was advised that um, different meetings are very diverse and I may not like the first one I went to. Um, And I think that probably was the case. Um, And I think that was uh, compounded by the fact that I went to a meeting that was far from my home um, so that I didn't meet anyone that I knew. Um, and I I have I have gone um, semi regularly throughout um, the year, um, but I've never I've never really felt um, completely that it's for me, um, and I do identify with some of the stories I hear, but I've never maybe it's because you know I've, I've kind of woken up to my reality before I've progressed uh, too far, but I've never sought alcohol in the desperate ways um, that I heard. Um, I still have alcohol in my house. Um, I I feel that, you know, I I don't want it now. I feel that I'm freed from it. And I didn't feel this one day at a time heavy weight of I've woken up and really today it's going to be another difficult day but I've got to stay away from wine and that's going to be really difficult and, you know, I should be thankful that I can make it through the day. Um, I didn't feel like that and I didn't want my life to be defined like that. I wanted some alcohol to be, uh, alcohol-free living to be just kind of another part of me that, like I have blue eyes and brown hair and it wasn't my defining feature. Um, and the people I spoke to in AA, um, I felt they had fairly closed minds to the fact that there could be any other um type of alcohol problem. I think there, when I would um explain the way I felt about things, um they just assumed that I was in denial to some extent, um or that um not you know, I hadn't really grasped the severity of things and they would say, Well that's the alcohol telling you that um whereas I didn't really believe it was I thought I know myself I've known myself for 41 years Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that is the case and I just felt that there was no um, I went with a completely open mind about what they might offer and I didn't really feel that they had an open mind to me
1: yeah yeah I've had that same experience Um, it's like you walk into a group that thinks they know everything about you but um, actually, they, they're wrong about everything, or almost everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when was the last time you were to an AA meeting? Have you stopped attending completely?
0: No, um, I last went back um, in the at the I think probably the middle of December, 2013, and I mm-hmm. just uh, I woke up one morning and it was a day I was not working and. I think um, I just really wanted to speak to somebody who, you know, had similar um, feelings and a similar relationship with alcohol. Um, So I decided to, I texted uh, one of the ladies I had met and had uh, met several times and had got on quite well with at her meeting um, and said, was she going to the meeting today? And she said, no, but she would meet me afterwards. Um, so she rearranged to meet afterwards, and that was in December. And I didn't realize that she was actually meeting for lunch with three other people from the meeting. Um, so again, I kind of felt like I was there as a, a big new person joining the group. Um, but the upshot of that was that she told me to come along to another meeting with her where she was a member. And I did that, and I really discussed with her in December a lot about um, coming back to AA, making a bigger commitment to it, and um, doing the 12 Steps. And I don't, I'm still torn between it, you know. I, I still don't know if it's for me. I don't know if it can offer me you know, anything more. I feel just now I am quite content in my life. I'm quite happy in my life, but I realize now how good my life always looks on paper. And I feel that it is that good for me now. Um, And I don't know if I I could do the 12 steps and I would reach, you know, a higher level of serenity and happiness and calmness. Um, But right now, you know, I I don't feel that I want to... I don't believe in a higher power. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't believe... You know, I, I read, you know, sober blogs and things and people say... For example, I'm going to have a difficult day today, but I know my higher power will see me through. Um, I don't really, I could never um, have that point of view. I think I'm going to have a stressful day today. Thank goodness I'm not hung over from last night. And, you know, I'll be able to handle it better today. Um, And this evening, uh, once it's all passed, you know, I will acknowledge that normally I would have rewarded myself with more wine, but I would choose not to do that today. Um, because I, I know the price that I will pay. I think it's mm-hmm. a choice and it's not a mystical higher power that and I don't believe that I am a powerless victim of a disease. Mm
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting to me how this is the the only disease that gets cured by a higher power. If you get cancer, you don't say, <laughs> Would you, higher power, cure my cancer. You go to a doctor or yeah. a surgeon instead, you know. Yeah. Well, my, my own experience, of course, with AA was a total disaster. Being told mm-hmm. alcohol was powerful, I was powerless. Well, that just led me to drink more and more until I was drinking a liter of whiskey a day and just had to check into detox, to be medically detoxed. And I said, you know, I have to never go to AA again or I'm going to drink myself to death. So that was the end of it for <laughs> me. Yeah. So, um, totally, I mean, yeah. go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, I I also felt um, perhaps it was the areas of the city I live in where I chose to go to meetings, but as a woman, I felt that um, by turning up at an AA meeting, it seems like every man in the room felt that he could come and hug me and kiss me. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was the kind of welcome, and that was suddenly okay. And this was people, you know, I would never hug and kiss in my life. And it, it just found it a bit kind of... All overwhelming and yeah, not really for me.
1: Yeah, my friend Monica Richardson um, is actually making a movie about stopping 13th stepping in AA or actually exposing it. Um, It is actually a large problem. There is a lot of sexual harassment that goes on in AA meetings and particularly in the U.S. they've refused to institute any sexual harassment policies. So I think uh, I heard in the UK they did actually adopt a sexual harassment policy, but in the US it's seems to be getting really bad.
0: Yeah, um, I was told by several of the women who I was friends with um, to always women should stick with women in AA and men should stick with men in AA, and kind of mentorships um, between men and women are, are. Uh, actively discouraged for that reason, um, that when you first come in, they say, um, you're in a very vulnerable position.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm curious, did you ever hear about any of the alternative groups like uh, Smart Recovery or Women for Sobriety?
0: Um, Not until recently. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So have you checked those out at all?
0: Yeah, I've checked them out. Um, I've checked out their uh, websites and some of their um, readings that there's been. Um, the most useful thing um, that I used online in my recovery, which I mention in the book, is the Soberistas website, which mm-hmm. was newly set up in the UK. Um, and I have found that amazingly helpful. Um, it has um, no policies, really, and it's a It's essentially a social networking site for anyone who is concerned about their alcohol. So there are people there who are still drinking heavily. There are people there who are moderating. There are people there who are trying and failing to moderate. And there's people who are in all stages of sobriety. So it's a very non-judgmental forum, I found. And, um, of course, you can stay anonymous there under your username, should you wish to do so. It's grown to such a size now, I think it has about 22,000 members internationally, quite um, lots from the States as well, you may have heard of it, Um, that there was always somebody online if you posted a question, always, and if you posted a question for help, how should I deal with X or Y, um, there was always um, a variety of answers came very, very quickly and it was very, very helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard good things about that site. I've just uh, encountered that very recently. I think the first time I saw it was actually in your book, and I've heard it mentioned a couple times since then, and I'm very interested in looking at it in much more detail. Yes. So tell us uh, some things about your life now. Um, How is your life going? How do you like living without alcohol?
0: Yeah, um, I do like it. Um, I think it's one of the best things I've done, Um, and I think one of the most important things for me just now is that my husband um, always drank very little um, and could truly take it or leave it, and I think probably drank more than he ever wanted to just to keep me company or because I suggested it more often. So it's been very easy um, for us just to um, adopt an alcohol-free house and an alcohol-free life. Um, And that's been massively helpful because I don't know how strong I would have been if he was continuing to uh, drink the wine that I used to enjoy. Um, So I'm thankful for that. Um, I notice a big difference in the way I interact with my children. My children are nine and seven, and I think back to when I was irritable, I would be very short and abrupt with them, I couldn't wait to get them to bed, I was angry if they were delaying or carrying on, whereas now I feel like I'm much more relaxed and I can just go with the flow and I can have time to read them an extra story or have a chat about school, I'm not desperate to get back downstairs and open the wine. Um, so I think that's much better. Um, and I've been pleased um, about some things. My daughter has been learning at school about addictions, and she came home. Uh, she came home and said, uh, "Is Grandma addicted to chocolate?" Um, and we said, "Yes, Grandma often says she is addicted to chocolate." Um, but she then said to me, "Is it true? Is it still true that you don't drink wine anymore, Mummy?" And I said, "Yes, that's true. Why do you ask?" Um, and she said, because terrible things can happen to you if you drink too much, and I wouldn't want that to happen to you. And I was pleased that I could reassure her that, um, that, that no, I, I didn't drink wine. And the next, as soon as my husband came home, she said, Daddy, I hope you don't drink too much beer. And he said, well, why? And then um, she said, you know, because if you drink too much beer, bad things will happen to you, and I don't want anything bad to happen to you. And... Um, so he showed her in the fridge we had uh, six beers that we had bought three months before, and he had drank one of them uh, the night we had some fireworks. And she said, "Well, that's okay, Daddy." Um, so I feel like I'm, I feel like we're I'm setting the best role model I can. I feel like I'm putting myself in a position where I can be the best parent that I can. Um, at work, I think I am. Uh, I think I'm calmer at work. I think I'm better able to make decisions and I noticeably think I don't overreact. I don't sweat the small stuff, you would probably say. Whereas before everything was a huge deal for me.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, do you really do you miss alcohol or not
0: miss it? Um yeah, I, I mean I whenever I think yes, I do miss it. I think, um, you know, what do I actually miss? And nine times out of ten, I can convince myself that what I'm missing is not the alcohol, it's the um, the occasion or it's the peace and quiet associated with it or it's the fact that it marks me time or it marks adult time or it marks a sociable time. And I've surprised myself. Um, I have quite a... a uh frequent social life um between friends and work um things that I have to go to, and I have been surprised that uh, I have managed to start enjoying those things without alcohol, so I think mostly it's the notion that I miss um you know I often think, oh wouldn't it be nice? But if you play the movie to the end, for me, you know ultimately it would not be nice Mhm, mhm.
1: Yes so, and you, no. you, so now you uh, you're doing the things uh, that you used to do with alcohol. You're doing them without alcohol. Do you go to pubs and things?
0: Yeah, I I don't go to evenings out where alcohol is, you know, the the point of the evening or is the only entertainment of the evening. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to go out a lot with various friends on the pretext of um, let's catch up, um, which was basically let's get together and drink some wine. And mm-hmm. um, I don't do that now, um, but I still do. Um, I still go to the book club um, with my neighbours where people drink wine, um, and I'm quite happy not to. Um, But I also noticed that they don't actually drink very much wine. And Mm -hmm. if I was there, I would be wanting to drink a whole lot more wine than they are. Um, I still go to um, work things that I have to go to. But before when I was drinking wine, you know, I would move heaven and earth to rearrange things at home so that I could go to every night out um, and, you know, get out the house as much as possible to have, a night that I could consider, you know, a big night out where I could drink more than I think would have been um, acceptable to do at home. Um, So I still go to those nights. Um, I tend to um, arrive later. Uh, I drive everywhere. And I plan to leave early. And sometimes I change my mind and I do stay a bit later. Um, But I'm always really glad... um, I don't have to queue for a taxi in the rain. It always rains here. Um, And that, you know, I just, I can go home when I want. And, you know, I think by 11 p.m., I've I've spoken to everyone I want to speak to. I've um, consumed everything I want to consume. I've seen the people who I want to see. And the night is over by then. Um, I, I don't, the only reason in the past that, you know, I would help round people up to go on somewhere later, find a late bar, find a hotel bar, um, stay out till 2 and 3 in the morning. Um, It it was only to drink more. And now look at those same people and think, I don't want to speak to you for the next two hours. You know, I've, I've heard your news and I'm ready to go home now. So it's funny, I have discovered quite a lot of changes in the in the way I choose to spend my free time now. So, yes, I do go to the places that I used to go to, but I wouldn't go to the pub um, because the pub to me is um, all about drinking and not much else. Um, the other thing I find quite difficult is um, our treat, if you like, was uh, to go out for dinner when we had a babysitter, and we would have drinks at home, we would have wine while we were looking at the menu. And we always had a really good conversation at that point. We just seemed relaxed and a little bit floaty and dreamy. And it was really nice. Um, and then we'd have more wine with the meal. And we would linger and you know drink more, maybe have a second bottle of wine and things. And going out for dinner is something that I don't enjoy in the same way now that I'm not drinking alcohol. I don't think it's the same being sat with sparkling water. Um, so from that point of view, we've changed the way we go out for dinner. We tend to go earlier and make it more functional. We're going out to eat, and then we're going to a movie or a show or to see friends. Um, or we go out and take the children with us. so it's, you know the point of it is to have a family outing rather than um, something that's focused on wine. Okay.
1: Are there uh, fun and entertaining things that you are doing now that you were not doing when you were drinking?
0: Um, I'm doing uh, more intellectual things now that I didn't do before. Um, I started a Spanish class in the evening, um, and I wouldn't have done that before because I couldn't be bothered. It was in the evening, Mm -hmm. and... If I'm not at work, then I would be drinking wine, and I certainly wouldn't want to be driving anywhere. And it doesn't finish till 9 p.m., so that would be too late to have as much as I wanted to drink. So I do Spanish. The things that we do as a family, I feel um, I don't resent them the way I used to. I used to just want them to be over and done with and to get to wine time, whereas now I'm much more relaxed and I can... I can enjoy it. I'm not trying to get it done and dusted and get back to my bottle of wine. So I do think that I, I find our entertainment. Um, I get much more from it, and I do feel that I am more present. Um, and all of me is present. I'm not half of me isn't thinking about wine while the other half is dealing with a hangover. I feel like I have mm-hmm. my whole self to to interact with people and things going on. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so I think we're coming close to the end of the show. Was there anything else that you would like to talk about before we end the show?
0: Yeah, what I would like to say is um, it's a free download that people can download from tomorrow um, on Amazon. I have then um, published another book about socializing without alcohol. It's called How to Party Sober. Um, And it's free from tomorrow for two days. So people should download it soon while it's still free.
1: Oh, excellent, excellent. So there's another book on. uh, It's for free right now on Amazon, How to Party Sober. And your book, um, Sober is the New Black, also available on Amazon. Sure. Okay, I'd like to thank you very much for being our guest today, Rachel Black.
0: Thank you very much for having me. Best wishes.
1: Okay, we'll see you all in, I think, two weeks now. So thank you, everyone, and we'll be back with you again later.